0: This is the Catering Daily Podcast for Thursday, April 15th, 2021. I'm Caleb Brown. One of the biggest claims made by supporters of health care certificate of need laws is that competition in healthcare care can actually deny access to those who need it in rural areas. James Bailey is a professor of economics at Providence College. He's looked into that claim and found it wanting. We spoke this week about con laws and their predictable results. His certificate of need is in many states uh, a hindrance to offering new services. And uh, in my home state of Kentucky, one of those services is uh, if you and your buddies want to buy a moving van or a moving truck and start helping people move from one place to another, boy, you 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 need the state's permission to do that. And the state will then, uh, in, in many industries, will ask the existing members of that industry would you like this guy to enter into this business that you are currently in? And they almost uniformly will say, you know, we don't think that uh, our state needs more uh, either moving trucks or uh, medical facilities. So no, no, I think we're fine. I think the state is good. And uh, you can go ahead and tell them that no, they should, they may not open their business. And People don't really believe that that's exactly how certificate of need works, but of course, that is how it works. Uh, And those incumbent industries or those incumbent businesses within those industries will have defenders. Some of those defenders are lobbyists. And I have spoken with some of these lobbyists who say uh, regularly well, the issue here is uh, that if you tell anybody, that they can open uh, this kind of clinic or have an MRI machine or any number of other things that a medical uh, service might provide, uh, then there won't be anything in the rural areas. There won't be anything to serve remote populations. Uh, to what extent has there been research on this and what have researchers found?
1: So uh, there's been quite a bit of research on uh, how con laws affect access to healthcare. Um, one one of the weird things about this is when people think about access to healthcare, everybody defines that a little bit differently. So, is access to care um, how far I have to travel to the nearest hospital, or is it uh, what I'm gonna, how am I gonna pay when I get there? But really, which whichever way you look at it, um, there's been a lot of research, and almost all of it uh, has shown that if anything, con uh, does uh, the opposite um, and is is going to make it harder to get care. Which I think is what makes intuitive sense, um, that if you make it harder to open or expand a hospital or, or a healthcare facility, that it's it's going to be harder um, for you as a consumer or as a, or as a patient to find your way to one. Yeah, the fear is that if I'm concerned that this guy down the block or
0: in the next county is going to have more critical care beds or more MRI machines or some specific... Uh, piece of hardware that's very expensive, um, that maybe then I do not want to invest in that piece of hardware because the returns to my hospital
1: might be lower if I do make that investment. Yeah. So the I think with the proponents of certificate of need laws, it seems they have kind of this Rube Goldberg mentality going on, right, where they're saying, you know, by making it harder And more expensive and and more time consuming to build more hospitals you know somehow through this complicated series of events you know making it easier to build hospitals will actually give us fewer hospitals right and um it sometimes you know once in a great while um things will work that way but but this is one of those times um where common sense is just right and um yeah, making it harder and more expensive to, to do something means you get less of it, um, not more.
0: So, what do we know from research, or what does research indicate about the level of access for
1: states that do and do not have certificate of need laws? You could look at what's happening to the number of different healthcare facilities. Um, so, previous academic research has found that the states that have these laws, and there are 35 of them in the healthcare space. Uh, States with certificate of need laws, uh, they have about 13% fewer hospital beds, uh, 14% fewer ambulatory surgery centers, uh, 20% fewer uh, psychiatric hospitals. And uh, the the biggest effect I've I've seen uh, is uh, that they have 49% fewer beds in the neonatal Intensive care unit, or the NICU. It's uh, it's where they take care of little babies who are born uh, prematurely. So I, I I can I guess I can understand that makes sense to me because uh,
0: if you are the, an incumbent uh, in an industry, you don't want to have excess capacity. You don't want to have that capacity just sitting there going unused. And uh, to the extent that you're full up, uh, and the people who might also want to consume those services or make use of those hospital beds, uh, the fact that those other people might not have anywhere to go uh, isn't top of mind.
1: Yeah, that, that's a great point. So the point that the, so the biggest supporters of, of con for healthcare tend to be the state hospital associations. Uh, they represent the existing incumbent hospitals and, and they tend to not, not want new competition um, from, from new hospitals. And they will make exactly the, this point about their occupancy rates, right? That um, if you own a hospital and you you want your hospital to be full all the time, right? Because it means you're making money from all the beds you have, all the equipment you have, and not letting it be idle. But if you're a patient, you don't want that, right? You don't want the hospitals to be full all the time because you know you might show up and um, and have there be no room for you, right? Or even if they squeeze you into the last bed, uh, all the doctors and nurses might be too busy to give you their their full attention, and um, we can see this in the data that um, hospital occupancy rates um, are a bit higher in uh, states that have con, and the wait times for the emergency rooms in con states uh, have been estimated to be fourteen percent higher, fourteen uh, percent longer, and really this all came to head recently with with COVID. So, um before covid right it wasn't that common for the hospital to just be full right um you know you it's not something people had to worry about that you would show up to the hospital and they would just say i'm sorry we're full uh we can't help you go somewhere else uh or maybe we could stick you in a hallway or something we don't we don't have any rooms for you uh, we don't have any normal beds for you uh, and i think this is where we really saw the value of Having a little bit of excess capacity in normal times, uh, because sometimes times are not going to be normal, and an emergency is going to come along where you have a lot more patients to take care of than usual. And the costs of that
0: are not immediately obvious. Uh, I had some friends who uh, had their first child in late March, twenty twenty, and they were very concerned about whether or not uh, if they showed up at a hospital that they would be able to to have a safe and uh, you know, pleasant experience of childbirth.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a valid worry, and uh, in fact, uh, there's a, a brand new uh, working paper by three academics out showing, uh, sort of estimating what happened uh, with the path of COVID in uh, in the con states versus the non-con states, and uh, they found that because of this issue with intensive care units filling up uh, and and being you know more full in the con states that had that had fewer beds um you they saw more deaths in the con states
0: overall death
1: so most of this was due to covid um that the the icu would fill up with covid patients and then if more covid patients come in uh you, you can't take t- can't take them or can't take care of them as well um and so they found that there were uh, 40 more covid deaths per 100,000 residents in a state um so in most states uh you know hundreds um more covid deaths uh, as a result of of icus being full and and you know, and more full in the um, the states uh, with certificate of need. Um, so, forty more COVID deaths uh, and fifty-seven overall deaths. So, you were seeing some spillover where uh, you're getting about seventeen people uh, in uh, ex- extra people in in these con states per per hundred thousand. So, like I said, e- you know, even this in a lot of states, it's going to be hundreds of of people dying because that bed wasn't there for them. Um, you know, it was full with with COVID patients and. At least part of this didn't have to be the case, right? If we'd had more beds there waiting for them,
0: reform seems fairly straightforward. But as I, I like to say, many things are not complicated, but are nonetheless difficult. Uh, you have very entrenched interests that uh, would like to keep things the way they are, uh, and yet here you are pointing to life and death consequences of maintaining a policy where. Uh, the people who are already in
1: that business get to decide who gets to be in that
0: business in the future,
1: right. So Covid has really shown a light on this. and um a lot of states did react, right? They realized that you know these laws that we made for for normal times, their flaws, um, which they have in normal times, are really highlighted here uh, when we're when we're uh, hospitals are space constrained. And uh, many states, about twenty states, uh, did temporary uh, waivers of their con requirements, uh, repealed some of them. And uh, I think a lot of states are going to consider, You know, as we've seen with other regulations, we suspended these during the pandemic and uh, it went great, right? Things were fine, right? And so you realize like, hey, why did, why did we even have these laws in the first place? Um, so it, it makes an opportunity to, to reconsider. And even in those cases where states
0: relaxed regulation or relaxed some of the laws that uh, were preventing this capacity from going online, um, the effect of that might be somewhat muted if you understand that, uh, anybody who might be, uh, prone to making that type of investment in an environment where those laws, uh, are suspended, they might've made a larger investment if
1: the law were repealed. Right. Um, so temporary waivers are great. I'm glad the states did them. Um. But a, a permanent waiver would be so much more useful, uh, right? partly because uh, some of these investments really take time, right? Uh, building a, a new hospital, a new you know substance use treatment center, a uh, new dialysis clinic. Uh, it's 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 going to take time, and you're only going to do that if you know you're you're going to be able to run it um, by the time it's complete. And you know, of course, the pandemic hit very suddenly. Um, people you know would have uh, it would have been much more useful. If we had had this higher capacity ahead of time, rather than needing to scramble to put it together at the last minute. Um, the other thing I think is, is really interesting here is that, uh, just the growing, um, coalition for, for reforming or repealing, uh, con laws. It's just bringing so many different groups together, right? Where the main proponents of con laws in practice are, uh, state hospital associations. Um, but there are so many. Uh, there's such a big variety of groups that uh, uh, oppose them and would like to to reform or repeal them. Um, so uh, libertarians, of course, um, would like you know would like to repeal these, like most regulations. Um, but it's very much not just regulation, uh, not just libertarians. Um, so economists of uh, basically all political stripes uh, think uh, that these laws are kind of crazy. Uh, the big antitrust agencies, um, the Federal Trade Commission and the Department of Justice have come out officially against certificate of need, uh, they would sort of make the states repeal it if they could. Um, because if if hospitals were doing this, trying to, to squash the competition, if they were just doing the, this doing it themselves, it would be illegal. But because they get a, a state board to do their work for them, um, it's, it's currently legal. And so the FTC and the DOJ, they can't actually sue the hospitals to stop this. They have to just ask nicely, like, hey, states, uh, we think these laws are a little crazy. Uh, could you please repeal them? Yeah,
0: we haven't even talked about prices. You know, there's obviously a secondary effect of having uh, hospital beds, uh, having limited capacity of hospital beds and other services, which
1: is prices go up. Um, What research has been done in that area? Right. Uh, So average prices do seem to be higher in the con states and uh, you see higher overall spending as well. Um, I've estimated that it's something in the range of three to 10% uh, higher healthcare spending in con states.
0: James Bailey is a professor of economics at Providence College. We spoke earlier this week. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast anywhere you please and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.